Scottsdale High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burr along with Dane Filling and uh, Dane. Uh, got a few new guests tonight. We bring people in from Fort Wayne, get some calling guests. We got a couple of new guests live. Uh, what's his Mr. Heavy Hands? The General Heavy Hands himself. General Heavy Hands himself uh, in the house. I am pumped about this show. Uh, <laughs> this is the time to get excited about the state wrestling tournament and to surround yourself with people who really love high school wrestling. And uh, one of the things that, that I love about going to sectional is getting in there. Even before the, the, the wrestling starts, you got your bracket. You know who made weight. You start rubbing elbows with people. You start listening to their predictions, talking about who's going to go far, who's, who's not going to make it, and uh, just sharing that excitement that people have. I know for as long as I can ever remember, Friday night before sectional, I can't sleep. I can't do it, Rex. I, I cannot sleep. I throw in Vision Quest. I watch it as a tradition. I love it so much. I don't care if Madonna dances halfway through it. It's my favorite movie. My wife knows that we'll be watching it on Friday night. It's just something that we do. And we are, we're joined by Nathan Wynn, also known as Thor, on an Indiana mat. And we're going to talk a little bit about message boards and, and the excitement. But uh, welcome to the show, Nathan. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. So Also joining in the house, uh, our, our usual guest, Mr. Williams, and his uh, wife yes. over there. And we're going to put a microphone in front of him tonight. Are we now? So, so, so tune in. And I'm, well, like, I'm like you, Dane. Friday night before the uh, – we just had the ACAC. I come home. It was late. I get home 1130. Couldn't sleep. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and, and uh, Blaine Culp sends me an IM. It's like, here's a picture from your – and I answer back, and he asked me – how late were you up? I was like, I don't know. It was like 2, two o'clock before I fell asleep. And AJ picks him up at 7.30. So I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. It reminds me a little bit when we were at the girls' regional the night before Team State. We went to girls' regional. I brought my son with me. It was the first time they'd ever been to Team State. He's nine years old. We get to the hotel, and uh, he's like, well, what time do we got to go to bed? And my wife says, well, you can stay up as long as you want because your dad won't sleep tonight. But she knows. <laughs> That that kind of excitement it just generates in me, and I I, I can't I can't deal with it. So and we're getting close to sectional time. Sectional time. I mean, you said something the other night. Well, next week's sectional. I was like, wait a minute, next week's sectional already? Yeah, this, we're this there. Se- this season has kind of blown through. We've only had what twelve coaches shows, I think, something like that. We've been on since October, but that's beside the point. So, well, Nathan, you were at the ACAC uh, with us on Friday. Do you have any uh, overall general thoughts about about the tournament? Um, thought it was a pretty good tournament. Wasn't the maybe the best for what we were wanting for South Adams, but uh, AC came out, had a great tournament. Um, they wrestled uh, Jay County back at the duels, missing a few key guys. Those guys were here, uh, helped them bring a title back for AC, and uh, thought there was some pretty good wrestling. Yeah, we talked to Coach Myers from Jay County early in the night, and uh, he he was worried when when he knew that they were missing a couple guys. He didn't have a heavyweight. He had a backup at 106, if I remember right. Yep. And uh, Belmont almost learned that lesson on Saturday as they really didn't score any points at 106 or 145 pounds, and they very nearly lost to Norwell. Um, You know, you take a guy, even if he has a bad day, you know, take a Dalton Robinson. We all kind of hoped that he'd make it to the finals. He comes back and he gets third, but he still scores like 12, 13, 14, 15 points. You take somebody out of your lineup and replace it with a zero, 
that, that gives a lot of room for, for a team to come back. I think when uh, Dalton got caught in a headlock and, and lost, AJ made a comment that he will come back and score as many points in the loser's bracket. He probably would have in, a, in the winner's bracket. But, uh, Nathan, if we talk about Saturday night's uh, or Friday night's matches, I thought the Cook-Wood match was really good. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, low score, but I thought the uh, Alex Curry-AJ Dahl match was pretty good. Both those guys wrestled a little tentative, but uh, the, they don't want to show everything. Those guys are going to wrestle like the next three weeks in a row. Yeah, AJ um, and Curry, that was a good match. Uh, it's been 3-1 both times this year. I know AJ, he's just uh, feeling a little more confident. You know, he got a good leg shot against Curry. He hasn't done that maybe his entire high school career. It's been pretty lopsided, but it's, you know, gaps closing a little bit, feels like. But exciting match and you know curry's really good hopefully we see that hopefully in two three times over the next few weeks now we're at the belmont match when uh when manley took curry down twice yeah i saw that i'm like um the kind of thought is you know curry versus aj the conference sectional regional hopefully semi-state and it's like um maybe someone's gonna come in here and uh interrupt that that 52 pound weight class is gonna be a it's gonna be a dog fight at sectional it sure is and i I, i'm lucky enough that when curry and doll wrestle each other I get to choose which seats I sit next to. I get to sit right in the middle, and, and on Friday night I sat right next to Tony. Uh, and it's kind of a nice vantage point to be at, to be right next to Dad and head coach as he, as he calls that match. And it was tense. I mean, it was right there. And uh, there were some clock issues, and there were some other things going on. But you could feel that early season, it was almost like a, like a ticket round match. Mm-hmm in a, a conference finals. So it was it was exciting for sure, and, and, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I think that we're going to see those two wrestle each other again at least twice more, if not three times more. Well, the Manley-Curry match at Belmont that night, you know, Curry was in on two takedowns that he should have had Manley taken down, but Manley's just got that funk to him, just slipped behind him twice, got takedown. Curry won the match. He comes off the mat and told the coaches he was so mad. He was just like, you know, he was frustrated. But I'll tell you what, when you wrestle those guys, they're different. They're funky like that. Paul Gunsett was like that. People really had trouble wrestling because he's just different, had a different style. And if you wrestle Manly straight up, I mean, he's going to do something funky and he's going to get you to the end. We saw that um, Saturday when uh, when he wins at the NEA. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it it's going to be interesting. Of course, we're going to see the seedings come out. Late tomorrow night, uh, if not Tuesday morning, and that'll make some 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 difference to see who's where and who will match up at one point. But for a lot of these guys that we like to talk about, whether it's the Dolls or the Currys, Manleys, they're not necessarily thinking about sectional as much as they're positioning for for regional, and that's kind of the big thing because you know, no matter how big your aspirations are, you've still got that underlying aspiration. To qualify for state and your state placement is big but in the end third place medal eighth place medal by god you still wrestled three times at state it's getting to the state finals that's the big deal and and how you position yourself heading into regional really makes an impact on on what that looks like so nathan we're ready to go to commercial pretty quick here but uh when norwell did as well as they did on saturday any eight that puts a whole new twist in that sectional. People really don't think about Norwell, but I tell you what, from middle of their lineup on up, they're pretty solid. Yeah, they're a really good team. I think if uh, maybe there was a few more voting spots for Team State, they would have done damage there. Like we found out South Adams on Wednesday night how good they are, and then seeing them you know, win some big matches up 220 heavyweight, you know, that's a really good team and just really loads up our sectional. 
Then you got a live spot you got to read. I do. About. Uh, talking about Madman Wrestling Academy, that's going to be ramping up here as soon as the high school season is over. Uh, Tim's going to have a, a a bunch of different sessions for the young kids, the older kids, the high school kids as they prepare for uh, freestyle state, folk style state, March and April. And if you are interested in in your son or daughter. Uh, ramping up what they do in their preparations for the ISWA tournaments, then uh, check out Tim. Either talk to him at a tournament, find him on Facebook, or um, uh, shoot him a text and find out more about Madman Wrestling Academy. I know I've got a second grader who is pumped to join Madman this year. He's already recruited a, a wrestling partner for that night, and uh, that's that's getting started because the ISWA tournament is just around the corner, March uh, 12th and 13th, I think. So with that, we're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running board for us tonight around a commercial. We'll be back with the uh, first period and a call-in guest right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street, Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Welcome back to Hager Stephen Hershey Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And we're joined by a call-in guest, uh, the head coach of Muncie Central Bearcats, Mr. A.J. Bradley. How are you doing tonight, Coach? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, A.J., and uh, we look forward to meeting up with you in two weeks at the Jay County Regional. But we thought we'd have you on the show tonight to talk a little bit about the Delta sectional as we talk about seedings and placements and who doesn't want to finish in fourth place and all that nonsense. <laughs> Sounds great. So we were just discussing before we came on air about conference tournaments. Now, you guys are in the North Central Conference, a conference that's got a long uh, history and a lot of different sports, but kind of has an odd wrestling feel to it. You guys wrestled last weekend in your conference tournament? Yes. So, if I remember right, for a time Huntington North was in that tournament or that conference before they joined the NEA. You don't wrestle everybody during the regular season, correct? Uh, that is correct because we're spread out all over. We have schools as far as Richmond all the way over to West Lafayette. So, it makes it kind of difficult to wrestle everybody. Yeah, and it's not that way in just wrestling. It's that way in, in, in some of the other what some people might consider fringe sports whether it's you know tennis or golf or, or some of the the ones that don't draw as big of a crowd 
but definitely an interesting dynamic to show up to a, a, a conference tournament when you haven't wrestled them at to, up to that point. Oh, yeah. It always makes for a fun seating meeting because it's just kind of like, just draw out of a hat and let's go. Because <laughs> there's hardly ever any common opponents either. So how did you end up at your conference tournament? Uh, we did well. We were very short-handed because we had COVID hit us that week, and we only had nine guys. But we put four of them in the finals and finished fifth as a team, so I was very happy. Very good. And, of course, we're always interested in hearing about your heavyweight because we're a big fan of his. But uh, you've got a pretty good 220-pounder this year also. Oh, yeah. Titus has came on strong this year. Uh, put on a lot of weight over the summer. You know, a lot of good weight, really put in the time, wrestled a lot of matches this summer tournaments, and uh, he's having a great season so far. Awesome, awesome. So you guys have your sectional seating uh, meeting tomorrow night, just like everybody else across the state. Uh, there are, what, 10 teams in the Delta sectional, is that right? Yes, that is correct. Something like that, and a, and a, and a weird sort of conglomeration of teams. You've got teams like Randolph Southern, who typically only have one, two, three wrestlers. You've got, you know, storied programs like your own, like Delta, like Yorktown. And uh, it's just kind of an interesting mix of, of teams in that sectional. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's mainly uh, 1A and 2A schools, but, you know, I like to call them some 1A and 2A powerhouses with, like, Delta in there and Cowan in there and Delville in there. I mean, all three of them were at their team, respective team state this year. So it's still, you know, it's 1 and 2A mainly, but there's still some good competition there. So, AJ, do you feel like, you know, we're 20 years into this sectional alignment now? The days of talking about AC, the AC sectional like it was yesterday are kind of over. Do you, do you feel an identity now at, at this point in the teams who identify as Delta sectional teams? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I wrestled back when, it was, you know, the four-team sectionals and everything else. But it's, you can really see it start to come together now, and you see the identity of there, especially on like up years, and our sectionals definitely had some down years, but we've had some up years, and I think it's still ticking upward. So you're really starting to see that. For sure. So let's jump into the, some of these weight classes and uh, some of the interesting draws that might come into the Jay County Regional. Uh, at 106 pounds, uh, Delta's got an awfully good 106 pounder <laughs> in Aiden Bollinger. Oh yeah, uh, our whole 106. At our sectional is nuts. I mean, Bollinger's kind of the head of the class. But then after that, you know, with, with Keith and Klein and Reno and King, and they've all kind of beat each other, it is going to be a very fun weight class. And some of them have some close matches with Bollinger as well, a couple of 6'4 losses. I mean, he's beat a couple of them like 6'4. So 106 is definitely one of the fun weights to watch in our sectional this week. And then you look at 113, and you've got of eight semi-state-ranked guys, four of them are from our regional. Uh, you've got oh, yeah. Cody Rowles, who's the only state qualifier in the bunch, but uh, Cole Stuffel, Bone Keith, those guys are, are, are pretty tough. Oh, yeah, and I think some of them have like, exchanged wins this year between Stuffel you know, and Keith. Uh, they've kind of went back and forth a couple times. You know, so, <clears throat> I mean, that, that's what you want our sections, right? I mean... Top competition at those weight classes. Feeding into that that region will be fun. And then, obviously, at 120 pounds, the the first name is is Ike Rubel, but you've also got Neil Mosier, um, who's awfully good. And then, you know, with Jay County, we saw Riley at 132 pounds for them, and uh, their their lineup is so stacked in those lower weights. 
they're awfully good all the way from, from 106 all the way up to 145. I know. Like, I was reading on the board, and a lot of people were shocked at the move. But I was like, you know, it's not like they went from Riley to a JV kid. Like, Curtis is, you know, he's a stud, too, in his own right. I mean, so that sectional, in my opinion, did not get any easier for whoever gets third in our section. And then 126 pounds, you talk about Wood and Cook. Those are the two big names we saw in the ACAC finals. But uh, I've seen that Cabe Stebbins from Delta, a freshman, wrestle several times this year on a couple different days, and I, I've really been impressed with him. Oh, yeah, he, he's a very good freshman and just a hardworking kid. Uh, like him a lot. He's one that I would definitely uh, keep my eye on at uh, 26. And there's one from Yorktown called Boone as well, Justin Boone. Them two have exchanged uh, wins and losses this year as well. So that's another tight weight class. So we'd like to, you know, we're Belmont guys, so we talk about Belmont all the time, and, and we like our 126-pounder in Blake Luganbill, a sophomore who's had some pretty decent wins for the Braves. But, you know, you look at him, and he you slot him in behind Wood and Cook, and then all of a sudden you're looking at uh, a first-round matchup with Boone or Stebbins or maybe Jaden Jett from Cowan. Oh, yeah, and, and all three of those for us, you know, they're very similar wrestlers. And with the Belmont guy right there, I mean, that, that's a nasty, you know, 3-2 out the gate. I mean, one of those would probably be deserving of going on next week, and they're just not going to make it. Then you get to 132 pounds, and, and Landon Birch was... 15 to nothing over Logan Ullman on Friday and just looked unbeatable. Uh, it was very impressive, but we also saw a very good Calvin Farrote. And uh, the, the Jay County sectional, you know, uh, Eric Myers and I, we like to keep track of the Jay County sectional against that Delta sectional in that first round of regional. Then we like to brag to you Delta guys about how bad we beat you. This might be one where the Jay County sectional uh, whoops up a little bit on the Delta sectional at 132. Oh, yeah. You know, and I like to say we'll have a couple weight classes like that. So go ahead and mark it down, Dan. Okay, we will. Uh, Delta, we will. Delta will have a, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a few this year. But then you can immediately, if you're looking at, at semi-state rankings, you immediately scroll forward to 138, and that's the big dog. You talk oh, yeah, about that, the, the Jay County Regional has the top five guys in the semi-state rankings <laughs> at 138 pounds. And they ain't all coming to the semi-state. Oh, yeah, I know. That's scary. Just look at that and laugh. You know, with Julius, now he's up there at one, and then there's a couple other guys, and we got and Silas Loesch is like fifth. I mean, him being fifth is just just tells you the depth of that late class. For sure, but is anybody going to have a better mullet than Julius Garrenser? Oh no! Like you can go ahead. Well, now Calvin will have a couple, you know, because they kind of pride themselves on that. But Julius is like he takes his to a next level. And I've talked to him before, and his is just all natural, which makes it even better. Yeah, we're going to call that. We've renamed that. That's a Mississippi mud fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely looking to 138. You know, you talk about Garrenser and Litchfield. Litchfield has mm -hmm. just that one loss this year. In the very first round at the Al Smith, he was ahead, I think, 5 nothing, and ended up losing in overtime to a kid from Maryville, and he hasn't lost since. Yeah. But, you know, Cameron Clark's a state qualifier. Dylan Tuttle's a senior. We've talked before on this show and on our broadcast, you don't want to be wrestling a senior in the first round of regional because oh, no. their careers are on the line. And especially one like Tuttle, who's been on the cusp. 
you know, he he's lost a couple semi-state take around like heartbreaking matches. Like he he's been on the cusp there, and to have a senior who's never been there but's been close. That that's a matchup I wouldn't want to have. You know, he he got stuck by a Riaka Shelton uh, in that first round of semi-state that year, and I mean that was a big upset to him. And I I think mm-hmm. he kind of refocused himself the next year uh, because he he was so upset by that. But uh, I tell you what, 38 is a stud weight class. I mean, we we watched. Uh, uh, Litchfield Saturday, just he beat a really good to- toys from Huntington North that uh, just had a really good match with him. Then at 140, 145 pounds, you've got Tony's son, Toby, and uh, hopefully for Belmont, Gavin Davis. We haven't seen him wrestle since the opening round at, at Team State, but, you know, Toby's a returning state medalist. Uh, Davis, a, a really good freshman year so far. That's also going to be a fun weight. It is. I mean, I, I think Toby's the, the head of that class right now, uh, especially at our sectional. And, I mean, if Gavin, who hopefully he's healthy, you know, wish the best to him, uh, that, I think that would be a fun one. But right now I think that that's Toby's, and people around here kind of know it. We were talking earlier about uh, Alex Curry and A.J. Dahl at 152 pounds. Who is the, who's the favorite? Who's going to be the one seed at 152 from your sectional? Uh, one, ooh. Uh, that weight class, I'm not. Uh, uh, probably, oh, Brandenburg from Winchester. Uh, he's been a semi-state a few times. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting because I think there's some people who are jockeying around who were at 145 who may end up at 52 because they've looked at some things. But well, there's certainly always one of those surprises in the brackets when you when you finally get a hold of them on Monday night. Well, I don't think oh, you, yeah. I don't think you want to dodge Toby. Abbott to go up into Alex Curry. I don't think that's a good good frying pan to jump into. Oh, oh no. But like, you know, dodging Abbott, you might get a second and avoid Curry or you know, or Dahl, which is what some of them may be thinking. Or Manly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I mean it's it's a no win wherever you go. So speaking of, 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 of dodging and, and moving We've got a move here at Belmont. Isaac Freet has moved up from 170 pounds to 182 pounds and kind of shook things up. You look at the 182-pound weight class, you got Hunter Page, who's a returning state medalist for Monroe Central. And then you throw in Freet and Curry. And then Freet loses to Hudson Kahn in the finals of the NE8 yesterday from Norwell. And uh, you've got yourself a, a pretty competitive weight class at regional. Well, you forgot about D.L. Capone-Vizzi in there, too. At semi state, yeah. 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 Well, and at, at regional, like, we have a, uh, the Maddox kids from Winchester, Maddox Roach is a semi state guy, you know, and Dalton May from Cowan just recently upset him. I mean, so those aren't some, those aren't slouches. I think Maddox has been to the Fort Wayne twice now. I mean, so 82 is going to be another fun one to watch. They just keep getting better and better. For sure. I think 182 and 138 are probably the top weight classes at our regional as far as, guys who are not going to advance to semi-state who could easily be top five or top six in the semi-state oh definitely well before we 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 leave you aj tell us a little bit about heavyweight and what you see going on there Uh, oh heavyweight you know what what i see is um you know hopefully what i saw last year which is our guy come in healthy and uh, get a nice win that will help us for fort wayne that's our goal there you know so that, that that's what i'm calling and that's what i'm seeing Good deal. Well, we, we certainly root for you and all the boys in purple, and we appreciate your support of this show and our broadcasts. And uh, there's there's nobody nicer and better in the sport than you are, AJ. 
Hey, thanks. I want to tell you guys I love your show. I listen when you guys do volleyball. I listen when you do wrestling. Uh, you guys do great work, and uh, I'm glad to know you guys and call you friends, and I will see you guys on Saturday. Yeah, we can't wait for it. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, thank you. That's been Coach A.J. Bradley of the uh, Muncie Central Bearcats. I want to tell you that nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Mantraware in Bluffton, providing high-quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont wrestling, many others in our area. Team Mantra takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do, taking orders and collecting money, and does that work for you. Set up an online store like Coach Myers did after the Braves won the 2A team state title and let the local experts at Team Mantra take care of the rest. From custom designs to a wide array of apparel and gear, Team Mantra is your home for all your team apparel needs. Visit the brand-new location for Team Montreware in on Main Street in Bluffton or contact them online at teammontreware.com today. So, Dana, as I was out shoveling snow early this morning before I went to church, I was trying to design our Hager Septon Hershey Zeld High School Wrestling Weekly T-shirts with uh, you and I's bitmojis on them that uh, were uh, made up by the guys at Indiana Matt. And uh, we'll get that done before the season's over. We'll start so, throwing them out to the crowd. So with that... We're going to send it back to the studio for a round of commercials with uh, Steve Rouse on the board. We'll be back with uh, the second period and Coach John Tone. Is it Tone up next? No, we got the general next. Oh, we got the general. General Heavy Hands up right after this. Winter might be here, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about golf. Give Cross Creek Golf Club a call at 724-4316 or visit their website, crosscreekdecatur.com, for all of your off-season golf needs. Memberships and gift cards make great presents for the golfers in your life. Book an outing for this year, but hurry as they fill up fast. March is just right around the corner. Cross Creek, a proud supporter of Belmont Athletics and Belmont Wrestling. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery Indicator, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Welcome back to the Hager Sipner Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And Dane, tonight we have a new guest in the house, General Heavy Hands, on the, on the radio with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I know that's not your real name. What's your real name, sir? Niasa Neely. There you go. Very nice Very nice to meet you tonight, and we're very excited to have you on the show. Everybody's going to forget his real name. He's just back to General he, Heavy he's Hands. General yeah. Heavy Hands. He's, he's, got he's, he's even got it on his hat. But, uh, hey, my, I often joke that my uh, parents gave me that name, and they can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, uh, you know, we're both Belmont guys, and uh, Belmont and Snyder Wrestling go hand-in-hand hand for, Absolutely. for decades. And uh, it was really sad a couple of years ago when Belmont dropped Snyder and uh, when, when Coach Gunsett was trying to rework the schedule a couple of years ago, I got on him and said, hey, 
I said, Matt's a great coach. He's working things. I said, we need to get them back on the schedule. They belong on Belmont's schedule. And there's just so many memories. Going all the way back to your time, Rex. Yeah, we used to wrestle against Ike. So you, you graduated in 79. You graduated in 89. So he knows and my coaches. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I used to referee with Larry coaches, and those guys were my age. So Sam DiPremio, Tony, uh, uh, <laughs> um, Seth Condon, and uh, – Kamala, Ugandan headhunter, Terry Terry Burton. Terry Burton. Terry Burton. I mean, those guys were buddies of mine because I refereed Snyder matches, wrestled a lot of sack matches, and those guys, I was with them a lot. And uh, still we're good friends. I text Seth all the time still. So, Seth is my mentor. Seth's a good guy. So you were at the uh, Summit Tournament on Saturday, and Dwinger came out as the team champions. Snyder was the runner-up. What were your observations from that tournament? Well, um, congratulations to the Dwinger Saints, but as a Snyder fan, I was kind of hurt. Um, our second-best wrestler didn't make weight. So, you know, not saying we would have won, but he he was probably, probably going to win, and it would at least made it a lot closer. But I took away from it, um, we definitely need um, to grow some of the other programs, but... Um, the best match of the day, I would say, was Harris versus Hinton at 220. Um, I think if they wrestled 10 times, it would be 5-5. Five, five. They're that close. You know, besides a couple outlier falls, they I think they've wrestled um, seven times in their career, and every other time the other person wins, except for this is the first time there has been two in a row. But they wrestle sectional, they'll wrestle regional, hopefully semi-state. Maybe state. Well, that's like uh, Terry Burton wrestled Chris Malin, our state champion, and they wrestled in the Belmont Eight Way. They wrestled in the regional. They wrestled semi state and wrestled state finals. And every time Terry Burton was just right there, and, and Malin just had the best of him. I got a good story about that. Terry told me back in, in those days there was only four guys at state. So Terry gets down to state, and of course everybody's down there is undefeated, and the only guy he knows is Chris Malin. So he goes up to Chris. He said, man, I don't even know if I deserve to be here. He said, Chris tapped him on the back and said, I'll see you in the finals. <laughs> he said, they ain't wrestled me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, there was eight back in the day. It was an eight-man bracket because yeah. I, I was there that year. Yeah. Well, the year before I was there. When year Chris and I were juniors, we were there. But uh, you know, Terry was one of those guys that was just a stud, and he could beat anybody in the state but Chris Malin. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. So you're talking about 220, Chance Harris and Jelante Hinton. Uh, you know, we've seen Blake Hirely wrestle Chance Harris. That 220 weight class this year at the Fort Wayne Semi-State, I think it's going to be awfully competitive. Yeah, I think it's going to be some very good wrestlers go home that day um, with their head hanging. It's really deep. Well, if you get beat by Blake Hirely, you don't need to hang your head because he's a man. He's just a straight-out man. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just saying that you got Brady Beck um, from Rochester. You got um, Titus Waters. Yep, we just talked to his his head coach from Muncie Central. Muncie Central. I don't remember the Monroe Central kid's name, but he's very good. He beat Harris um, at the Mike Esther. Hinton, Harris, um, Mills from Homestead. I mean, there's a lot of guys there. Yeah, and then at 220, we've been talking about Keegan Martin a lot, but Keegan Martin got beat by another Fort Wayne semi-state guy at the Al Smith and Isaac Benjamin coming out of that Goshen regional. And then we saw... Keegan get pinned on on Saturday in the finals. I think if, if, I think if Keegan wrestles Khan ten times more, 
he maybe gets beat twice. Thomas Thomasek. Thomasek, that's right. Yeah, Thomas 182. But yeah, it's a it's going to be an awfully competitive weight class. I have to believe that Hirely's the favorite coming out of there. But you know, you never know. You, you you come out of there, and even if you get beat by Hirely in the finals, you may end up with a better draw as second. And I I think it's going to be a competitive weight class for Fort Wayne when we get to the state finals. Absolutely. So. Well, you know, while we have you here, we, we've got to at least ask you some more Belmont questions. Absolutely. You got, do you have any great Belmont wrestling memories? You know, we we grew up, our first wrestling experiences were still back in the old Snyder Regional days. And sometimes I think I still long for those days. They well, were so much fun, those Snyder Regionals. Well, my last match was at Semi-State, and for some reason that year they could get Northside, and the Fort Wayne Semi-State was at Snyder. I wrestled my last match at Snyder in a semi-state when I was upset in a first round. And so at one time, they jammed a lot of people in the Snyder gym for the semi-state, and it was just people in the rafters. Well, I can tell you what happened my senior year, right? You said you graduated in 89? 1989. Okay. So Belmont had just one state the year prior. Yep, two right? years prior. Uh, two years yep. prior, back-to-back. That's right. So um, – we have a dual meet at Snyder. At the time, I'm cutting down to 119, and so, but my coach wouldn't let me challenge the 25-pounder. I had to, had to wrestle 130 that day. We get to Belmont, and I'm, I swear I'm not exaggerating. I think they had an actual Native American there. <laughs> I'm serious. It was, a guy, it was like a guy in a full headdress. It was Harold Sapp. It was Harold Sapp. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I never used to let the outside things affect me. <laughs> But for some reason, I swear, I just was like, oh, my God, they got an actual Native American. I said, they really are the Braves, you know. And so I got to wrestle this kid, not trying to be funny. I think he was Hispanic, but I'm 17. I'm thinking he's a Native American. You, you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So I said, I got to wrestle the actual Braves. You got about, you got a 30, about a 33.5% chance wrestling a Hispanic kid on Belmont back in those days. Right, right. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm like a third-year wrestler. I don't know all these things. All I know is they're the Braves. I see a guy in a full headdress and paint, face paint on, and then I got to wrestle who I think is a Native American. Right? <laughs> Long story short, this guy cleans my clock. I think it's like 10 to 4. You know what I mean? And I swear, this guy had the heaviest hands, and I'm general heavy hands. He had the heaviest hands I ever had. I remember as I kept shooting and my face going into the mat, right? I swear people were calling us all type of names I can't say on the radio, <laughs> right? Everyone, state placers lost that night. Everyone on our team just, it, it was just like, it was a spotlight. It was just the way they set it up. It was almost like Vision Quest, you know what I mean? Well, yep. I, t- I tell you what, uh, Tim Myers has brought that back to Belmont this year. I mean, it's a, for the Snyder Duel Mate. You know, you turn the lights out, he's got the fog machine going, right. and he wanted to bring that back. And that's one thing that A.J. talked about on the radio there tonight. You know, in Litchfield and uh, Duke Myers, that heavy-handed, the, when Duke Myers snaps the kids down, we actually saw him bounce a kid's head off the mat the other day. Literally, his forehead bounced off the mat and come up and went behind him, and he's brought back that old aggression. He wants those guys to be like the old days when people feared Belmont because they had the heavy hands and put you on and just really worked you to the point where you just broke your spirit and you're done. That's one of my favorite wrestlers, Duke Myers. Yeah, he gets after. I was at the Al Smith in the front row watching him wrestle, cheering him on. I was like, that's a guy that wrestles the way I like. 
you know, he's a guy after my own heart. So, if, so if, is Lich. And if you know the adversities that that young man has been through with Absolutely. multiple surgeries to have his hips rebuilt, I mean, he shouldn't even be wrestling. You know, most guys, they, do, they don't wrestle. They, they go on and play golf or something. But I tell you what, to come back and put in what he's put in to get to where he's at now, you know, when he made it to state last year at 82, he was an 82-pounder. At 60, he looks tough. Right, right, right. He's a contender. Yeah, for sure. Well, we got to pick on you because I, I looked it up. Belmont 51, Snyder 18 that night. I'm telling you. I, it, it looked it up was, on you, huh? Y- yeah, yeah. Do yeah, you have the lineups there? No, I don't. I just had the score. But yeah. uh, I thought that I thought that was well, definitely that, interesting. The, the, and Snyder, you know, Snyder's had some great wins over, over Belmont. I think, if I remember right, this four or five times that Snyder's beaten Belmont. and The very next year. Did they? The very next year. I was a volunteer coach on the team, and we were undefeated that year. That was the year that Belmont lost conference. Do you remember? The very first year of the Northeast Hoosier Conference, the NHC. I think East Noble won that year. And it might have been the first year. Is that BJ's first year? I think so, because after 89, I think Denny retired. Yeah. And they really struggled in that that, that opening year. So when, when we wrestled against Ike, I mean, Ike was, I mean, he was to be feared. He had that scowl. He just looked mean. I refereed with Ike for years after that, and I have total respect for him. And he's one of those guys, he just looks mean. But I tell you what, he's, he's, he's a motivator. When he was on a football field or if he was in a wrestling room, he could motivate guys that were not the best athletes and make winners out of them just because he's just a motivator. And I tell you what, he's, he's, a, he's a stellar guy. I mean, you probably wrestled for him, and it's like. I wrestled for Seth, but I tell you what, he was the dean of boys. At a, he, was dean of, he was the school dean when I was at Snyder. And he didn't play, did he? I got in a fight. I got in one fight in high school, and uh, I was fighting this kid, and I wouldn't get up for anybody. Ike comes in and says, get off of me. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I know in my, in my memory, when I think about Snyder, I think about that team that they had 2001, 2002 with Jonathan Brownlee and Jason Woodson and Doug Bush. Oh, I mean, Doug, Doug Bush would, would warm up for 45 minutes with a CD player in his hand, and when he was ready to take those things off, I mean, he could have murdered somebody. <laughs> right. I remember him wrestling Cody Thomas in a, a, a regional that year. It would have been one of the last years at the, at the Snyder Regional. But, you know, when Jason Woodson won that year at 171 pounds, that would have to have been 02, I think. He was trying to get the fall in the third period because they wanted to beat Belmont for third place in the team standings. Right. That's how, that's how close they were. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, they were one of the top teams in the state. And uh, yeah, some, some really good memories there between, between Belmont and Snyder. We appreciate you being on, Heavy. And uh, I, I hope that uh, you tune in and listen to us each week. And uh, be, be more than welcome to have you back on the show. Absolutely. We're going to bring him back on for the podcast section. And, and we're going to plug the Double Eagle. What was your menu choice tonight? I had wings and fries with a Coke. Absolutely. The wings are good. I had gizzards. If you're a gizzard guy, gizzards here are awful good. It's just a boneless dark meat chicken nugget. That's all it is. <laughs> basically, if you want to go with the short description. All right. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. With that, uh, we're going to send it back to studio to Steve Rouse running aboard for a round of commercials. We'll be back with uh, the third period and Coach John Tone of the Bishop Dornier Saints right after this. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sand blasting your project to look like new, 
We have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to Hager Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And Dane, tonight you went with your old favorite standby, the cheese curds. I went with gizzards and tots. It's a good choice. Well, we, we just got a new quarter of beef in the freezer, and, and we've got a, a, a stack of meat that needs to be cooked for the last time. And my wife said, we're putting minute steak in the crock pot with some cream of mushroom soup and some <laughs> mushrooms. And you're going to eat with me because I'm staying home tonight. Hey, so, if, if you got some extra roast just laying around going to waste, I'll take a roast or two for some Crock-Pot meals. Okay, I can, I can do that. Hook me up, buddy. Well, we are joined right now in the third period by the coach of the SAC champion, Bishop Dwinger Saints, John Tone. Welcome to the show, coach. Uh, thank you for having me tonight. Absolutely. So we're talking a lot about SAC wrestling on tonight's show, and uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of a rundown as to how your day went on Saturday. Um, well, the day started out good. Everybody made weight, showed up on time, and uh, kids came uh, ready to wrestle as soon as they got in the building. So I, I, could, I could sense they were ready to go uh, Saturday morning. And uh, as the day went along, you know, obviously you have some ups and downs. You have some matches you, you thought you'd get and didn't get, but uh, you quickly get those kids turned around and uh, get them redirected and get them back on the mat. Um, you know, our biggest philosophy in these type of tournaments, you know, all 14 kids got to score and, and earn points for you to, to win this thing. And uh, our 14 kids did that on Saturday. They all placed in the top five and, and uh, allowed us to uh, uh, overcome some early setbacks. And, you know, the last two rounds, you know, the middle two rounds, the consolation rounds where we pride ourselves on just uh, getting after it, uh, I think we went 16 or 17 or one in those matches and just sort of where we separate ourselves from Snyder. Uh, on yesterday. So, John, uh, Dane and I were at the uh, ACAC uh, invite on uh, Saturday before, and uh, you said you had a couple of spots open, and I, I watched some of your kids' matches, and they just look, just didn't really look like they were ready to go, and I, I think that was just kind of like a little pre-warm-up just to see what you guys had before you went into the SAC. So do you think your guys were able to, like, step it up for the SAC and, and get ready for a sectional this coming week? Uh, yeah, we were still battling some sickness and some, some injuries. Uh, you know, two weeks ago there at AC, and, uh, you know, we were more back to full strength yesterday, and, uh, you know, kids were, were hitting their stride. You know, we had uh, seven kids in the finals. We had four champs, uh, Elliot Cornwell, uh, Simon Garrett, Peter Robertfell, and, and Eric Delaney. You know, three of my four seniors winning individual titles yesterday, so uh, it was pretty awesome with, with three other kids getting runner-up. So, Coach, one of the things that we've been talking about with different coaches from, from here in Adams County is the 
the emphasis on the individual tournaments versus the duels. And, and so what's your philosophy as a coach? You know, Belmont, even some of the wrestlers have mentioned that they, they get really fired up for dual meets and they get really excited and then they're, they're not quite as conditioned for those individual tournaments and they have a rough time getting excited because of the length of the day and those types of things. What's your schedule look like for the Saints? Um, yeah, yeah, it, it can be a grind. We, we try to mix in a, a handful of super duels. You know, uh, our kids um, need the mat time, so we try to get in as many, you know, five dual match days, Saturdays as we can because uh, the more mat time is better, you know, for some of our kids. They're not quite on the mat as, as often maybe as some of the, the other other schools around and you know including adams county uh schools uh which are are just stellar and, and some great kids and, and great uh wrestlers there but uh you know we do have a couple invites that we go to to give them that that experience when sectional comes around so they they know how it works but uh you know certainly uh the matches we can get in the super duels and, and our kids sort of rally around that knowing it's a four, 14 guys that uh uh, you know, needs to win and, and be a team concept. So, um, you know, we like the combination of both. So, John, uh, one of our sponsors is uh, Coach Oberlin at the Fort Wrestling Facility. Do you have some guys that uh, use that facility and, and help get some extra mat time in? Um, yeah, we've had a three or four as it opened up. And, you know, I got a lot of, you know, I got a handful of football players in the, in the fall, and, you know, I don't get them until, until late November. And uh, But I did have a few, and, and one especially uh, – Elliot Cornwell, who spent a lot of time there, along as as well as going to Indiana Tech Warrior Elite program, and and so yeah, he's he spent a lot of time there, and uh, certainly honing his craft and uh, and getting after it, and uh, he certainly he's got a couple goals in sight. Um, he's been a, a three-time Simmons Tech qualifier and trying to knock on the door and, and break through, and and uh, he's he's about ready, and he's trying to uh, eclipse the career win record here at Dwinger, and so he's a couple couple away from that. <clears throat> Well, I definitely want to give a shout-out to one of my counterparts and Josh Patterson in the article that he wrote in the Journal Gazette this weekend about Elliot. And uh, it, it was a really nice article. If you get a chance to, to read that, whether it's online or you grab a, a, a paper copy, it was worth it. How close is he to your overall win record? Uh, after three wins Saturday, he's sitting at uh, 127. So, uh, you know, potentially this weekend at uh, a sectional he could – he could eclipse that mark, and uh, so I know that's certainly a, a goal f- of his, and, uh, you know, it's, it's right there for him. So who's your current record holder? Uh, my assistant coach, Michael Nix, and uh, so he's excited and, and, and been excited for Elliot to, to close in on it and uh, excited for him to, uh, you know, hopefully eclipse that mark because, you know, he's he's been a solid four-year wrestler, varsity wrestler for us, and uh, like I said, he, he's, you know, he's been on the cusp there, and he's just hoping to get over the hump, and Again, it's another solid weight class again this year with obviously Belmont kid Isaac Rubel and and uh, Hayden Brady from Garrett. So, you know, obviously down the road he's gonna gonna have to uh, challenge those guys and uh, you know see what happens. So, tell us a little bit about your week coming up here. You've got sectional seating meeting tomorrow night. You've got your sectionals on Saturday. You guys are in the New Haven sectional, correct? Uh, we're in the Carroll section. Oh, you guys go actually. to Carroll. Okay. Carol, yep. So uh, tell us a little bit about your expectations for Saturday at Carroll. Um, it's a jam-packed uh, sectional. It's usually uh, very difficult. Uh, Carroll's usually one of our stellar ones year in, year out. They've won it numerous times. Uh, Garrett knocked them off, I believe, in you know, the last two years, and they got a solid solid program under Coach Krause. And, uh, you know, Chair Busco's up and, com- uh, up and coming. Uh, Columbia City's up and coming again. So, um, there's a lot of quality schools there with you know, a lot of quality kids at various weight classes. So uh, it's a grind to, to get your, your kids seated in that top six and, 
and to be able to get to that top four to advance out to regionals. So it's it, it's a grind. Well, Coach, we kicked off the show not talking about seeds or placements or brackets, but just talking about the level of, of personal excitement leading up to this week. I know as a coach you probably feel a lot of pressure and there's a lot of things that you got to do, but describe a little bit just your, your, your personal interest in getting excited for the state tournament. Well, tomorrow we get to get rid of all this paperwork we've been carrying around for the last three months, you know, the weigh-in sheets and and all the charts and stuff. And so we can get rid of the paperwork and then get down to the nuts and bolts and just wrestle on the mat and getting after it and uh, allowing the kids to put their best foot forward and give them their best chance to, to advance. And, uh, you know, so forth. If, if the team's lucky enough to win it as a, as a team, awesome. But, uh, you know, allow the individuals the uh, best opportunity to advance as far as they can and give them uh, the best the best opportunity we can for them. So, John, for as many years as I refereed sectionals and regionals out of that area, I, I know that uh, you know I was great friends with your father, and uh, there was no one that was more nervous when it came to sectional and regional than your dad. I mean, he always tried to be cool, but he was just he was just sweating bullets all the time, whether he had the best team or the worst team. Uh, yeah, and I have a little bit of his personality, unfortunately, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, yesterday, you know, my assistant coaches knew where we stood and they know I'm very superstitious, sort of like my father and uh, uh, didn't want to know where we were. Like every time they announced, you know, scores and stuff, I'd go run and hide, close my ears and didn't want to know. And, you know, finally they, they let me in on the secret of where we were at and we had it locked up. But he just, you know, it just, yeah, because I run around like a bit of a maniac my, like my father did. And But, uh, you know, it's, it's for the kids, you know, they, they see that passion and that uh that fire that I have, and it's it's, it's for them because I want them to do well and, and, and enjoy and experience uh, the sport that provides such a, a great outlet for kids. It's such a, uh, a quality personality builder and a character builder that teaches them so much about life, you know, just their experience on the mat, you know, and it's more than the wins and losses many a times. It's the experiences that they gain through the sport. It's just, it's just so awesome. You know, AJ's made the statement on the air many times and a great statement by uh, – Dan Gable, once you've wrestled, life is easy. It's so true. And uh, it, life seems a lot easier after you've been able to compete and, and gone through those those battles in the wrestling room and then certainly in, in the matches and the competitions because you, you've, you've endured it all, you've experienced it all in those two places. And uh, it does seem like uh, life can be a little bit easier after you've, you've had that opportunity to wrestle, certainly. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we wish you luck both at the Carroll Sectional at the Carroll Regional. Can't wait to see you on the, uh, the, the frozen uh, styrofoam of the Fort Wayne Memorial Coliseum. And uh, we're, we're, we're kind of hoping that maybe there is a, a future duel between the Braves and the Saints next year on WZBD. Awesome. Well, thank you for that opportunity and uh, certainly going to work with my AD about that. And uh, thank you for all you do for uh, high school sports, you know, especially for wrestling. And thank you for having me on. Thank you, Coach. All right, and have a good night. That's been Coach John Tone of the Bishop Dwinger Saints. And, uh, Dan, you got a live reader? Are we ready to go? We do. Well, we are joined by none other than Kenny Williams, number one fan of High School Wrestling Weekly. Probably the most attended by any of our fans here at the Double Eagle because he usually has a big jumbo plate of nachos in front of him that uh, he doesn't turn down. You know, I never do. Um, I love nachos, obviously, not as much as I do wrestling. And I, I tell you, this is like a, you know, I got my notes in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> he's geared you up. You don't, you don't get on, you don't get on the show without, uh, you know, 
being prepared to, with these two broadcast legends we have here. No, so, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, you know, I just uh, as my it, wife said, I'm a legend in my own mind. Uh, not, not to me. Not <laughs> no. I mean, I'm in here every week, and if you love high school wrestling, you should be here every week. Listen to these guys chat because it's well worth your time. All right, so tell us. Yes. Take away all of the all the the rooting interests, all of the history, all of the talk. How excited are you for this upcoming state tournament? I couldn't be more excited. I mean, there, there's not anything else I look forward to more. And now He's beside my, himself. Now that my son likes going, like the first time I took him, he was too young. He's like, this is terrible. I'm bored. It's too long of a day. And, yes. yeah. and Where's the concession stand? A hundred percent. Like, and it was just, it just like took away from my experience. Like that's my one weekend as a, as a person. Like I don't do anything with the family. That's what I'm geared toward is going to watch wrestling. Last year we went cause I had the fastest thumbs in the West and I was able to land two seats for the tournament. And my son went, and, like, he knew, he knows, like, the kids now, and it, like, reinforced, like, he's been around Ike Rubel, and he knows Aiden Sprague really well, and, like, he knew those kids, and he was watching them, and he was, like, excited, and, like, it made a difference in what he wanted to do as a wrestler. So, I mean, that, that goes a long way. And there's, there's something about when you're that age. You know, Rex, you probably have this in your memory, and maybe you can speak to who it is. It was is. a long time ago. But, but you talk about those kids. When you're... 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and, and you see those kids winning state titles that are 17 or 18, they're, they're larger than life. They are. You think about the guys, uh, you know, I, Marcus Shantube, for me, was Goliath. I, I can't imagine, nobody today would ever beat Marcus Shantube. He was the guy when I was growing up at that most impressionable age, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel the same way. My son, like I said, went to Team State, and he just had a blast. Well, and he's been in a, a rooms with these guys all the time because he's practiced, uh, you know, at, at the fort or at with Outlaws a lot down in Indy. Like, Ike's been in that room. You know, um, Sprague is in that room all the time. Like, we've wrestled on some of the same teams. And, like, this year with, like, Gavin Davis and D'Al Capone Vizi, like, we've been on, like, elementary teams with those guys a bunch of different times. And so he, he like, like him and – uh, D'Al Capone were on the same team for uh, the freestyle duels that Nara Coughlin had. We were on the Outlaws team. And, like, he just goes up to him and starts poking him, like, you know, this, he'd just crunch him in half if he wanted to. But they, <laughs> they just kind of let him be. And, like, it's just a, it's just a different world he, he's, he's in than most people are. Now, we've we got to go back to a break real quick, and you'll be on with us in the overtime. But one of the things that people don't really understand, if you see a guy wrestling a match in an NGM, that's one thing. If you watch how hard guys work in practice and see the talent that these guys have, because a lot of these guys don't let it go on a mat. I mean, you'll see what happens to Matt. mat. Some of those guys like go like dogs fighting over a bone. That's the real wrestling you see in a room to see how hard those guys work to get to the level when they come out to the mat and then show it off. I mean, and it, as a young kid, it's very impressionable. Sees that it's like those guys are studs. Yeah, a hundred percent, and and that works the other way too. He's seen those guys do it, seeing how hard they work at it, and then he also can do the same thing to uh, younger kids that are coming up. He he shows them what's what's expected when you drill, when you go live, like so that that really builds those guys along. So Dane, uh, let's uh, send it back to the studio for a quick round of messages, and we'll be back with the overtime period, and uh, you can run down what's happening on WZBD this week right after this. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. 
We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. The Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Still joined by uh, Mr. Williams and uh, Dane. Always a lot of stuff happening on WZB. What's happening this week? Yeah, so tomorrow night we've got the Pacers as they take on New Orleans. That's a 7.30 tip. And then on Tuesday, we've got the Matt Painter Show. And that will precede our coverage of the Blackford and Adams Central girls basketball game. Then on Wednesday night, we've got Pacers basketball again as they host Charlotte. That's a 6.30 pregame. On Thursday night, then, we've got Purdue basketball. Purdue with a nice win over Northwestern tonight. Bouncing back after their loss to Indiana. They play at Iowa. 8 o'clock pregame with a 9 o'clock tip. Then on Friday night, we've got Adam Central at Heritage. Boys basketball. And that will be followed by Coach Bob Lovell in Indiana Sports Talk. Then on Saturday, it's a full day. We've got the High School Basketball Coaches Show. We tell Matt Conversay, listen, bud. Wrestling is up here, and basketball is down here. You're going to finish your show, and then we're going to go on air from Jay County High School and on the time that only Jay County could do. And we go on at 8.30. Then Saturday night, we've got boys basketball action between Leo and Belmont. Sunday, we've got Purdue basketball at 11 a.m. And Jeff. then we have a change next week, Rob Weaver. Our station owner told us, Rex, that we are not covering the conference championship games. Instead, we are going to cover Purdue basketball, and that paves the way for us to stay on the air at Sunday night. So we will be back on the air. We don't even have a guest lined up. Maybe it'll just be us and Kenny. I love being here. This is talking about my life dream. Uh, it's it's. We don't want to change Kenny's schedule. Oh no, Kenny's schedule's set. It's set in stone. He's already got his Valentine's Day plans made. He's going to be right here 
at the Double Eagle. Why wouldn't you be? Have you told your wife <laughs> That's yet? That's right. You told your wife yet? 100%. We're going to be here. On she likes the nachos, too. I see her eat them. Yeah. I well, it'll like be Monday night, so you'll even have a more expanded menu selection. Go. So, uh, Kenny, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Fort Wrestling Facility, the Hammers. What what's So, if you're, if you're a parent of a young youth wrestler, you're trying to decide how deep you want to get into the sport, what's the reason to show up at the Fort on Goshen Road? Well, the reason we have to show up at Goshen Road is uh, we probably have one of the better coaching staffs as far as, you know, a local academy is concerned. Um, we've got Josh Book there who's really uh, I'm just an, a stellar human being, no ego. I mean, just cares about the kids. Every time my son sees he's Josh a, He's a saint, literally. He literally is, and figuratively and literally. I thought uh, he was going to be the career leader. I, w- I, w- I was going to say that it was going to be Book, but Anton would be my guess. It would be Nix. Nix. Yeah. He said Nix was the was the leader. So Book's got to be. He's up there. For I sure. would. I would think so. I think he had a rougher freshman campaign. Though. Okay, so, that might that might have been it. Yeah, but like I said, Book's no ego. He really cares about the kids. Every time my kid's son sees him, he's always got a hug for him. Uh, we've got Anton in there. We've got four or five different high school coaches that are in there all the time, uh, from East Noble, from Garrett. Garrett's bought in. Um, and our kids are really, it's really a family environment. All these kids have been wrestling together for five or six years since they were really little, and we've just kind of stayed together, even though it's a ton of different schools that work together on this thing. Um, you know, we have like 15 to 20 different ISWA medalists in the room at any time. So if your kid actually wants to get better, wants something above the club level, we have that. We have the training partners for them. We have the coaching um, it's just it's just a great great place to be, uh, you know. And if you look at the elementary team state duels that happened recently, uh, like Leo placed third, half their lineup is hammers. Fairfield was there, quite a few hammers. Garrett's a program that's bought into the fort completely. Uh, they finished fifth there, and they had a ton of ton of kids that come to hammers on a regular basis. Uh, Kraus is in there uh, from Garrett along with Felden. Uh, I mean, it's just a great great room with great great coaches. So, Kenny, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this part of it. We're going to thank our fine sponsors. We're going to thank Steve Rouse for running board for us. And uh, remember, tune in next Sunday night for the Sunday or Monday next week. We are still Sunday next week. Still Sunday next week. So tune in Sunday night. Come out and visit us. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running board. We're going to go off the air for WZBD, and we're going to go right into podcast. We're going to bring General Heavy Hands back in, and his partner also has a uh, wrestling podcast. So tune in next Sunday night for more Haggard Sepp and Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly. Stay here, Kenny. Stay here. I got a shirt headset. Hey, Heavy, why don't you and your buddy come back up here? You guys come up here. Grab a chair. Check this. Check this. Okay, perfect. So we're here on the podcast section on Indiana Matt and WZBD Podcast. And we are once again joined by Kenny Williams, the general himself. And why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Juwan Bolden, head coach at Silent Tech Wrestling Club in Fort Wayne. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, we're here. Tomorrow night's a sectional seating meeting. And on Saturday we've got the first round of the sectionals. And as Coach Tom was mentioning earlier, you get everybody submitted. You've got 300-some guys at each weight class, and that's it. The, nobody enters late. 
you go from 300 down to, what's the number, 128. And then after regionals, you're down to 64. And then after four hours on Saturday, three weeks from now, you're down to 16 guys, and you got your state finalists. How excited are you guys for this year's state tournament? I'm very excited. I'm excited too, man. It's a great year. First time in a long time we may have a contender, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. It's from the history standpoint, uh, be able to see uh, Jesse Mendez and Zeke, Seltz, uh, Zeke Seltzer. And then overall from Fort Wayne, uh, excited for uh, VZ to start his career as a freshman. I think he can make an impact right away and try to get under the lights. So. I know Rex and I were joking about the, the thread that's been on Indiana Matt about whether the Fort Wayne semi-state could beat Crown Point in a duel. And uh, I know that, you know, we're Fort Wayne guys. We're all Fort Wayne guys. There's a, I don't remember. When I was growing up, I don't remember having that feeling of connection with guys from our area. Sometimes you, you got beat by a guy at semi-state and you, you wanted to see him lose. But, man, I can't remember the last kid from the Fort Wayne semi-state that I rooted against. Oh, you can't root against someone. In a, in uh, a decade. Uh, no, Once no. they make it to state? Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, no. they're, they're my guy. No, they, they, <laughs> they've, they've got to be. And we all stick together. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun club. You, you go down there and you, you feel like the little guy. But every win on Friday night feels uh, three times as important. Well, and I think this year's the first year we got a chance to win four. You know, I think 170 could get four through. We could win four medals. And that, for us, that's... That's crazy. I think, you know, but back to like our youth program, like I, like any, we've got great wrestling in Fort Wayne right now, as far as the youth goes. I think in five years, six years, Carroll could make a run at a team state title. Uh, Delta, also another team that has seven or eight kids that are within two years of each other that are all ISWA medalists. Like we're really on the upswing as when it comes to the youth and our guys travel they do lots of things and it's it's exciting to see that i'm you know i like what i love watching the fort way now but i think in a few years we're going to make big strides now coach oberlin talked to us last week and he said he's had some conversations along with zach zimbo about uh bringing middle school wrestling back to snyder maybe that's something you guys might have some input on but uh that's something that's really been lacking in that snyder program is is the lack of middle school wrestling well, Snyder does kind of have a program. Blackhawk Club, yeah. Blackhawk Club. Right. But I think it's actually going to be Fort Wayne citywide. So the, are they going to combine into one team? No. Okay. They're going to try to put one in each middle school. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's absolutely what they need. And, you know, where, where basketball funnels everybody in to a team of five or six guys, wrestling goes the exact opposite way in middle school and allows for – 18 or 20 kids to wrestle varsity as 7th and 8th graders. And it's absolutely what the sport needs in our area. Absolutely. And something I always notice is, is that uh, I notice that Northside and even sometimes here just with the culture being down, like, and, and that's a big thing I try to be a part of is trying to build the culture up as an adult. Hey, I'll go sign up for a senior open and those guys can see, hey, adults still wrestle, mm-hmm. you know, keeping them involved. But I think the middle school wrestling will help because sometimes we start off with the guys that get cut from the basketball team and are still lingering in the hallways after school. And then we're like, hey, you're not doing anything. And then they That's get right. brought in the wrestling room. And, and so they, a lot of guys, they they haven't had the opportunity to see it before high school. So. And they realize they, they have a coach that comes to them and say, hey, we don't, we don't cut from the wrestling team. <laughs> right. we, we, we believe in everybody. And we're willing to take everybody in wow. and, and, and show them what, what we can do with them. 
So what's that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, we, two or three years ago, Rex and I came to our station owner and we're like, "Hey, we want to do a show every week where we only talk about high school wrestling." And our show owner says, "Yes, let's do it." Awesome. Uh, we have incredible support here in Adams County for high school wrestling, for club wrestling. Uh, but we understand that you also do a podcast, and we absolutely want to champion what, what you do and get the word out about, about, about what you do. Yeah, I started it about a year ago. It's called the Wrestling Matters Podcast. You can find it on uh, Instagram or YouTube. And basically, um, I like to cover and break down wrestling at all levels. So I'll put, I'll put together a graphic for some significant results and throw it up on Instagram. And uh, sometimes it'll be for high school. Sometimes it'll be for the college level. And uh, the kids, the kids like it. And even I have some coaches, some college coaches that follow it. Even uh, I think Carrie McCoy uh, actually follows the Wrestling Matters podcast on Instagram. So I just try to stay active. And then uh, on there, and but really, it's kind of an Indiana home-based thing. So mm -hmm. I'm covering nationally, but I'm throwing in high school Indiana more so towards the forefront. But um, you know, I, I like to stay active on there and just, you know, highlight the good things in the sport. So sometimes I'll cover former wrestlers that are doing their thing in the UFC or um, I'm a big fan of Frank Martin who wrestled and was a state qualifier at Homestead. Yep. And he's an undefeated uh, top boxing prospect. Definitely. And I've actually got to talk to him this year and uh, he wants to come back and try to get back to the sport. And so, you know, I just want to uh, bring some representation to the media for all ages and all demographics and show that, hey, anyone can talk about wrestling. And, you know, it, it's very fun. You know, they have so many outlets for basketball, so many outlets for football here. And, uh, you know, wrestling. Kid, it matters. It, it matters. It matters. No <laughs> podcast about it. It matters. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always opportunities to discuss. And, you know, I've worked with, um, I talked to James Weimer, the Division II national champion uh, from Finley University. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been a fun process just from the grassroots starting up uh videos on the iphone and then just starting to build and edit and uh just a grassroots uh love for wrestling company starting up. and that's one of the things that, that rex and i have done with this show is uh, we go in every week and, and and this season for the most part we don't have a a grand master plan we talk to somebody they're passionate about high school wrestling come on the show let's talk about it let's right. talk about our stories let's talk about well, the crowd you got in here right now says that that's true. Absolutely. I mean, you know. Let's talk about 1999 Norwell High School Wrestling. Let's, talk, was, about, let's talk about Snyder in the 1980s and the 1990s. We, right. could, we could talk for an hour about it. And, and last week, our, soul, our show solely dedicated to female wrestling. We come right off the state championships of the girls. And I tell you what, if you, did not, if you did not go and watch that girls wrestling oh, it, state championship, you need to make a point to go. There was there were some studs there. I know is it is okay to call girls studs, but I tell you what, there were some hammers. It's okay. There were some hammers there, and then you know you know talking about your podcast, our podcast. Um, we are very fortunate that IndianaMat.com, and we give Joe much boosting up as he can. IndianaMat.com is the best wrestling website in the country, hands down. No doubt. Well, and that just what you're just saying shows that wrestling is for everybody. You can look around here. Obviously, we're on radio, so you can't see, but it's completely different people, completely different sizes. Everyone can wrestle, no matter big, small, anything. You can wrestle, and it's for you. And the and the girls' state finals is great proof of just how many people have been won over by that side of the sport. You, you take some of the coaches that maybe five or ten years ago were a little bit skeptical about about bringing girls into the fold. 
man, if you were there on Friday, you were you were cheering and hooting and hollering, and you were you were clapping and uh, people, you know, when you hear two longtime head coaches in the hallway talking about two 15 year old girls who are about to square off in the state finals and about the technique that's involved in them, like how cool is that? Definitely cool. Very to, cool. To be in to be involved at that level and to have guys who are are that t- you know I was we were talking to uh, well at one point I was talking to, to Brad Harper but then to Blaine Culp and Eric Myers and and guys who are at the top of you know the, the pen goes to to Team State in four A Eric Myers is a guy who's taken uh, two different teams to to two different levels of, uh, of Team State Blaine. Yeah, Harper was at the Olympics. <laughs> I watched him on TV. At the and they're talking about the, the strategy between these two girls who are going to wrestle uh, at the 14 or 15 years old at 106 pounds. Uh, the more yeah, people that, that, that wrestling touches, the better society is going to be anyways. I, it's just such an important thing for the only the reason I've had so much success in my life personally is because of the lessons I learned in that 1999 Noral Wrestling Room. I learned how to fight through things. I learned how to count on myself and how to count on other people. And it, it's wrestling is for everybody. And to me, it's the relationships you make through wrestling. I, I often tell my kids that wrestling saved my life. And uh, being from the type of background I was, I was a kid that was in foster homes. I was in the group home. That's actually the reason I moved to Fort Wayne. But going to Snyder High School, having people like Russ Isaacs, uh, Terry Burton, Seth Condon, and the Premio, he was my off-season coach. Even Coach Hitler over at Huntington North. Um, these people didn't matter what your demographic was or whatever. If you were willing to sacrifice and work hard, they did things like I got dropped off at college by, by my high school coach three years after I graduated because he would not let me just coach. He wanted me to go to college. You know, I had uh, I used to referee up in the in the region, and uh, Coach Chris Joel was telling me that he had a kid that was he was getting ready to flunk off the school off the team. And he went to talk to the teacher, and he's like, look, what do we have to do? And they said, oh, you're just trying to get your kid on a wrestling team. He said, you don't understand. If this kid is not on my wrestling team, he's in a gang, and he'll be dead in a year. So I don't want to hear you talk about he needs two points to make it. He said, you don't understand. You can change this kid's life by either having him be in a gang or be on a wrestling team, and that kid could be alive today because of what it is, not just because, oh, you're just trying to stick up for your wrestler. It's life and death. Right. For some people, it is. For well, sure. And, and one thing that I've that – I've, learn from from following the sport of the last 20 25 years you go to a wrestling tournament you, you never you never hear anybody talk about race no you never no. i mean wrestling fans are they're focused on on who's the best and who's going where and it does it it brings yeah unless he's a native american at belmont <laughs> hey but it brings people from there are just so many different corners of indiana that participate in high school wrestling and they all mix on that floor in Indianapolis or at the uh, on the floor at Newcastle or at the Fort Wayne Semi-State, and uh, it, it's a wonderful thing. Well, you can be whoever you want to be. As long as you can line up and get, beat that kid in the challenge match, you're the varsity kid. So it doesn't right. anything else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're poor, rich, whatever. If you win that challenge match, you're the varsity kid. So you're at East Noble now? Oh, that's my best friend coach is the East Noble guy, you know, Sam Reason. Uh, best friends, like, for... 30 years because of the rest They're both Norwell guys. Both. Well, I, I tell you what, close family friend are the Weimers. Do you know Weimers, Yeah, uh-huh. Weimers good people. Um, from Nate Weimer to the father to the grandfather. Get Not to touch race thing, but back in the day, my son and Weimer used to have the best matches, right? 
and I don't know this guy. He looks like some hillbilly to me. You know what I mean? He's looking at me, and we'd always kind of stare each other down, similarly built. You know what I mean? And then one day, they had a really good match, and he was like, you know, I listened to you, and I always thought you were a bad guy. But you were just trying to tell him the right thing to do. And I was like, you know what? That's what you were doing. Uh Uh-huh. Buddies ever since. You know, you know what I mean? That's uh-huh. the type of thing that happens in wrestling. I know there's a lot of people that when they first, before they met me, they go, I didn't like you. But then I met you and I see your point. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just kind of passionate. You know what I mean? And, and, some, then, and that's where you meet people who are passionate and they recognize it immediately. Uh, you know, the, the guys from Prairie Heights, they're so far away from Decatur. You would never, ever run into Mike Levitz and Brett Smith. If you weren't involved in wrestling, but every time I see those guys, it's like we're best friends, and we only see each other maybe three days a year. But <laughs> well, those I, are good three days, right? But I absolutely love all of those moments that you have, and I and that's what I love so much about wrestling tournaments. My wife always gives me a hard time about you get to a wrestling tournament and she's like, "You never sit next to me. You're always sitting around talking to walking around talking to people." I'm like, "Yeah, I want to talk to those people that I haven't seen since last year when we were at state." So I, I, I definitely appreciate that, that part of going to wrestling tournaments. And I, I want to give a shout-out to, to Harley. What's Harley's last name? I don't know Harley. Barrett, Barrett right? I yeah, just Harley, Harley. Harley's an old Southside guy. I refereed yeah. his matches when he I was in high school. I've known Harley since he was a little kid. My and, you know, he was a leftover kind of a guy that, that went with Barry Humble from Southside over to New Haven. He stick around New Haven. Made a point after the NEA to walk all the way up to the corner as breaking down equipment and tell us how much he enjoys our podcast and just really made the effort to tell me how much you like it. So a little shout-out to Harley. Yeah, and that, that New Haven program, I mean, those two that they have at the bottom, Ocampo and Doster, are so much fun to watch. Juliano Ocampo is so good at wrestling. Glenn yeah. does a nice job over at New Haven. There's he no does. Doubt about it. He does. I'll and say something on the – you were saying you were talking about the girls wrestling. Um, what a time to be alive in Indiana wrestling. Just, I think she's a transcending athlete because I have a young daughter who's a, I have a five and a three year old daughter. You know, I'm all, I'm at all these tournaments and then it's some, it's just something good to see versus when they're first born. It was like, oh, you know, my daughters are going to wrestle. Some of my family's like, ah, okay, are they going to do it? Versus to see that clear of an example of a girl that's an elite athlete and to make that big of an impact, it really, it really is an, a sight to see and an honor to even. You know, see her dominate the way she's. And we and we hope we heard another state-sanctioned high school wrestling for girls, and uh, we know that people like Gary Myers and some of the other people involved in the in the sport are working hard to to petition the IHSAA to move forward. And on this show, we continually push and, and prod the IHSAA and say, "Hey, you know, you can follow your rules, or you can you can you can blaze the trail." And it, the, sanction it. The, these girls are, are ready to go, and there are there are more girls behind it. The the number of girls who are going to be involved in high school wrestling when it gets sanctioned is going to triple within two years. It's going to happen anyways. Why not just get in yes, front of it? Exactly. It's right. like the slow roll. Like I understand that it's going to happen anyways. Everyone else is doing. It. Just get in front of the get in front of it. Fix all your issues, and you're good. And it, it's wonderful to see some of the people really deeply involved with the with the the sport at a state level they're all in there, there's nobody against it you, you talk to anybody who's an iswa officer who's a coaches association officer everybody's all in and eventually that's going to pay off and i'll tell you what when when they host those first ihsaa state finals for girls i'm going to be there 
I don't care if Belmont's there. I don't care if anybody from Adams County is there. I am so excited for that to be officially recognized and for those girls to get their due. because the, the Somebody from Belmont will be there. We're working with a young lady from Belmont now. She'll be there. Yeah. Definitely. The, the amount of, <laughs> of hard work that's being put in uh, by some of these girls and by the coaches and the programs. And, you know, you talk about whether it's high school basketball or any sport that you want to talk about, the girls and the boys are always split. Man, Ed Pendoski is there from Carmel coaching his ass off on a Friday night. The, the night before uh, he's supposed to be coaching his team at Team State for the boys, he's giving Katie, Katie Mattingly just as much effort as he's giving his, his boys team the next day. And, and I think that's been wonderful. My biggest concern about sanctioning is that it is going to split the, the programs apart from each other. But as, as much time as I've spent in the sport of wrestling – I think it's going to be different. I think the, the level of relationship between the boys' wrestling team and the girls' wrestling team and the amount of cooperation is going to be so much greater than anything that you see between boys' and girls' basketball or boys' and girls' soccer. or You know, boys' and girls' swimming is a little bit different because they share one pool and they got to swim at the same time. But I think even if, if, if high school wrestling gets sanctioned for the girls, Ed Pendoski you know, at Carmel, the biggest school in the state, they're going to have a girls' head coach, a girls' assistant coach. They're going to have separate. Ed Pandoski is still going to have his hand in what goes on there because he cares that much about the sport, and that's what I appreciate most about about high school wrestling. Well, you see a lot of coaches though that coach girls Friday night, either had team state or an invite Saturday, and then were with their youth kids on Sunday, and those are the programs that are continuing and that's to be different the best. from any other sport. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, and when I was at the RTC, uh, Indiana Tech, this summer, and I saw uh, their women's team and their guys' team there training and kind of coexisting, you could kind of see how it could work out in the high school, you know, even if they were split with a different uh, coach. I think they could definitely coexist and make it happen. Yeah, and, it, you know, you talk about facilities, and they're, they're going to need the same facilities, and they're going to need to schedule it. And we've talked to a couple of different coaches who talked about the, the, the beginning girls appreciate the ability to practice outside of the boys who have been wrestling since they were four or five. But I still think whether it's just the fact that, that if the girls, you know, you do have a girls meet, I think the boys are going to be there. I think the coaches are going to share more information than in any other sport in Indiana because there's, th there's that sort of commitment to success. Well, I'm going to put my referee shirt on, and I'm going to tell you, if they're going to have a full girls' season, you got to support it with referees. And the referees we have right now are thin already. That just more and more uh, emphasizes the fact that these young guys need to get their licenses and get out there. If you work a bunch of girls' tournaments, now some of the girls' teams are not as skilled as other ones, and that's a great time for you as a referee to learn how to referee. Those girls' coaches are not going to be dogging you as hard as the boys' coaches are, but I tell you what, if we need more girls' referees – because they're going to be on different nights, and these guys are already spent thin. We need more referees. We don't need 12 assistant coaches in a wrestling room. Three of those guys could be refereeing someplace and making big money and really contributing to the sport where if, if they're just driving along and you're just like the 14th coach on a team that just they're picking up headgear, go make some money and be, be worthwhile and support these girls wrestling. Well, if you want to talk about a group of people who have supported the sport in its early stages – the officials. Definitely. When you go to the girls' regional, the girls' state finals, 
you see the exact same faces that are at the IHSAA state finals. Those officials have treated it like it's been top-notch. And I, you know, I'm not sure how many of the girls maybe realize that, but I know that the coaches and, and a lot of people involved in the sport, they certainly understand that the, that the, the officials as a whole have looked at girls wrestling and said, this is something that we're also going to support. If somebody asks us to officiate the girls' wrestling state finals, yes, we are going to say yes. We're not going to say, ah, it's girls. Right. I'm not going to do it. They, they've been behind it for sure. Right. Right. So, you know, we, we look forward to seeing what Giuliano Campo can do, what Heather Crawl can do at Northeastern. But just overall, I, I, I'm so excited for what the, the future of the sport holds. And there are so many girls. You know, Rex and I were both at regional. So many girls were just so into it. And we're, we're, we're crying, we're, we're, we're giving condolences to the, the girl that they had just beaten, saying, hey, you know, you did a great job, those types of things. Those are the kind of lessons. And we talked about it on our show when we did the girls' show. Girls' wrestling encompasses so many girls who wouldn't play any other sport. Right. It's for everybody. It doesn't, you know, there, it's for every shape and every size, and that's what I appreciate a lot about it. Yeah, my, uh, my Uncle Rodney, he's the head coach at Bishop Lewis. And he had uh, a girl, his 82-pounder, she was the state runner-up in the girls' high school state championships. And she was a first-year uh, wrestler. And, you know, she's pr practicing with the boys. And she actually didn't have any matches up until the regional. And that was her first match. So she lost her first match at regional, but she wrestled back to third, qualified, and then redeemed her only loss in her career in the semis and made it to the finals. And it was just a sight to see, you know, for uh, him to get an advancement just to kind of – not a shortcut, but a way to kind of navigate himself through the finals. He's had a state placer. He's had state placers, but he hasn't been to the finals yet. So it was a cool event. I watched it on flow, and I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I, w I was watching that match. She was behind in that match. She was getting throttled pretty good. Comes off and caught the other girl on her back and pinned her. And you thought she just won the national championship. Her, she went crazy. She was not touching the mat. She was so up. And it was just a, a interesting thing because, you know, Coach Calver was on the air with me. You know, he caught, he touched, coached at Bishop Lures. And I said, you got a Lures girl in the final. And it's like, I mean, she wrestled a really quality wrestler, like ranked in a nation or something in the finals. But I tell you what, that semifinal match, she came to fight. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. So b before we transition out of the show and the, and the podcast, one thing that I thought, because the general has been so active on, on the message boards, yes. and I know y you, you come from that, that era, the same era that I do, of the old easy board mm -hmm. of the Coaches Association. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the message board aspect of high school wrestling. And, you know, you talk to other people who are really involved. I've got a really good friend who I went to college with who is all in. He went to Northwood. He's a big football guy. He loves to talk about football fans in Indiana and how they've got their message board and they talk. And I tell them all the time, that you don't get it. These football fans, they think that they have this network of, of, of fandom. They don't. <laughs> High school wrestling is on a, an absolutely different level. And it's been that way, and, and maybe we should get some shout-out. Obviously, Joe deserves a big shout-out for what he's done at Indiana Matt. But going all the way back to the old Easy Board days and even the days before that with Rex Peckinpah and the Coaches Association, like, do you remember growing up? Yes, 100%. You're just, you're, you mentioned Rex, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You're, that you're, you're, you're a couple years older than me, but, like, we still grew up in that era, that, that late 90s, early 2000s, where 
you and I didn't grow up with the with the magazine that used to get mailed out with the rankings. Did you ever get those? That was a Matt Burns. Yeah, Matt yeah. Burns used to do those. Like, so we grew up in that era, but like that captivated me as an eleven or twelve year old. I was I was obsessed with with Michael Escobedo and Marcus Shantube, and those were guys that I only saw, you know, in December at the Al Smith and then at the state finals, but. The message board brought you into that world where you could interact with them. And I just can't imagine where high school wrestling would be without the internet. Well, you look at all the other advancements, too. Like, you didn't know anybody that was wrestling. Like, that was outside of your little purview. You never saw anybody's matches. And nowadays, you just get online, click, you can watch anybody's matches. And then they go on the Indiana mat, and we commented about it all day. We get threats of fights we get all kinds of fun fun activities i mean it's just good times prep power pole the prep power pole that used to get mailed out right right well your coach would get it okay and so i I remember distinctly my coach used to play this little game because i usually wrestled up to the level of my competition Uh so it would work backwards for me than most people my coach would be like this guy's ranked second in the state and that was almost like a challenge to me. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? So I would go nuts and want to beat this guy. Where, well, so he, that was kind of like his little thing. He'd show me, this guy's undefeated in the sectional final. <laughs> okay, that means I got to beat him now. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? But some people would go, oh, my God, he's ranked second, and I don't want to wrestle him. Yeah. We used to get those. in. The, um, our coaches would have them, but we would get Matt Burns in the mail for rankings. So what was your career highlight at Snyder? What, 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 was, your, what was your highest level that you attained? During the season, it was, it was, it was. I just had a great week. So, I went in the conference unseated because I wrestled so many weight classes my senior year, and I was a transfer. I bounced around. I wrestled 30, 25, and then I finally made it to 19. So there was a returning conference champ. They didn't want to seed me first, and so Seth said, "Don't seed him. We don't care." And then I beat him in the finals. And then that week. That same week, you know, sectionals the next week, I beat an undefeated kid who ended up being a, a couple-time qualifier and a state placer. I don't want to toss him under the bus. He's, he's a good friend. I don't want to toss him under the bus. But his sophomore year, he was 27-0. and 0, And my coach said to me, he goes to New Haven. That was it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he said he goes to New Haven. He's 27 up, so what? He goes to New Haven. Because you got to remember, back then, mm-hmm. if you were from the city, it was different than now. So now if you're from a rural area, you're more than likely going to be a better wrestler. Uh-huh. Back then, it was if you were from the city, our perception was the county kids are just not ready. They don't, yep. They're not tough. Now, that's crazy how that's turned around. It has. Like, but you like, go back to the 80s and 90s, and you, you talk about Elmhurst and, right. and all of the Fort Worth schools. They, absolutely. Right. And North, Northrop. <laughs> Definitely Northrop. Northrop had some outstanding wrestlers in the, in the 80s and 90s. And, yeah, it definitely has, has, has switched to, to a, a, a different dynamic. But you, sure. know, you know, Sam DiPremio was part of you guys. You, you growing up, he was a Snyder guy. Yeah. Um, when I refereed, I used to referee a couple tournaments where Northrop was there and he was their coach. And I'd wait till he was in the other end of the gym and I would – pulling his kids aside and I said you know when when coach and I were in school I wrestled him he was a senior as a junior said I kicked his ass <laughs> and they'd, they'd say you didn't and they'd go down talking and he'd be at the other gym and he'd lay down and he'd go two to one is not a butt kicking 
<laughs> I still I still do the though, you know, we're twenty one years into this Jay County regional. I still miss the Snyder Regional. That was so much fun. When you brought those you, those four areas into one gym and, it was and then small. You, you duked it out it's and there was so many people. And then on top of that on top of that, you had to finish top three. You know, it wasn't you, you could get you could be one of the final four guys and then you'd lose in the semifinals and then it's like, Oh my god, now I gotta win another match just to make it to the Coliseum. There was nothing, so much fun. Nothing tougher than the Adam Central sectional, though. Back when it was six teams in Adam Central, there were there were two thousand fans in the AC gym. Like you didn't have to be very good, and you got the state experience because the people were on top of you. Like girls were putting out blankets to save spots. I mean, there were people everywhere. It was it was an exciting. Like you time. always Rex. You always talk about uh, Leroy Stryker when he was a, a state trooper. Uh, who was the official? Do you remember who it was? Is our buddy Jimmy Troyer? Is oh, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Troyer fifty years ago? <laughs> I think his, it did his, the, his, it first, did his first Adam Central yeah. sectional, and 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 Leroy Stryker came up to him and said, "Hey, I'm going to be your police escort for the day." And he said, "Why do I need a police escort?" He said, "Well, you've never been to an Adam Central wrestling sectional before." <laughs> and he said, "At the end of the day, I was glad to do was with me and went to my car." You know, that was his first Adam Central sectional. He'd had other sectionals before because you know Leroy was young enough. I refereed his matches, but uh, I tell you what, there was some. I mean, there was money bet on those matches. There was fights in a parking lot. I mean, there was brother versus brother mad because one kid's one guy's kids went to Adams Central, one's kids went to Belmont and or South Adams, and I mean, there were it was just a, it was a war. Of course, back then, you know, we talk about the sectional sectional seating meetings tomorrow night. That was a different age because when you only advanced two out of sectional. There were plenty coming out of Adam Central Sectional. There you advance two that end up placing at state or correct. qualify for state. So it but was you wanted to, uh, There used to be those years where there was, a, you know, there was a definite state placer who was going to be the number one seed. And you knew that you were going to be seeded fifth. And you were looking for every way to be seeded sixth <laughs> because you knew that if you lost to number one, you were not going to advance on to the, to the regional. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I miss those days. It was a little bit more cutthroat. You know, now there's, it is nice to have that catch-all where if you finish fourth, you advance, you move on to the next day. And now that they've advanced four from regional on to semi-state, you still advance. But, you know, you go to regional now, and there's eight guys in a bracket, and four of them advance. It just doesn't have that same feel. No, it doesn't. And I've told my wife before, there was a long time when we, when we had really little kids, and I had four kids in six years, and, and she'd say, you know, Five weekends in a row, that's too much. Pick one to miss. Well, regional was a one yeah. because, you know, you've got your sectional qualifiers and, and there's a lot of first-period pins. and it, Like, that's so different from what the old Snyder regional used yeah. to be. You brought in the top two guys from four different sectionals, <laughs> and they absolutely busted their ass for the entire day to finish top three, three. just to move on to Fort Wayne. It that was, was a war. That was a much a much different era in the sport back yeah, it's, then. It's really slimmed down now, and it doesn't have the same quite warfare that it once did. But it's still still good. So we don't want to keep Steve here all night. Let's wind it down. But Miss Bolden, if you want to touch on your podcast one more time, get that information out there because we want to p- promote that. Yeah. Once again, uh, it's Juwan Bolden and. Uh, 
have the Wrestling Matters Podcast. You can follow me at Wrestling Matters Podcast on Instagram, or you can search Wrestling Matters Podcast on YouTube, and uh, we try to get those over to the YouTube channel as well. And if anyone would be interested on coming on and talking, you know, feel free to contact me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'd happily, we'd, we would happily join, for hey, sure. I would love to be on here anytime, guys. Thank you. So, General Heavy Hands, any last comments after your visit at Decatur at the uh, Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill for your first time? Well, I want to thank you guys for having me. I, oftentimes, I only get to have this, these conversations with this guy. So, it was nice to uh, I feel welcome in here. My belly's full. And no Native Americans in the, in the house tonight. Hey, I have nothing against Native Americans. Okay, but as long as they don't got that Brave shirt on. Oh, okay, here's the real truth. He was our janitor. That was Harold Sapp. Okay. He was a janitor, and he lived that part. He I did. swear. For I... basketball games, he was he was, he was Chief, Chief Harold Sapp. I mean, he was a Brave that night, and he wore that all the time. I'm trying to tell you, psychologically, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, any final words? Uh, no, not too much. Just want to touch on the Hammers again. I think it's a it's a great program. We have a lot of buy-in from a duff, bunch of different schools. Uh, if your kid really is interested in getting to the next level, the, the Hammers is the place to be. And we, one thing about it is we do kind of have a, a Fort Wayne culture there. We really want the local clubs to be successful. So we set up our schedule on Monday and Thursday to allow your children to go to both of their um, club practices and get over to us at least once so it you know we're not here to take kids we're not you know anything like that but we do want to get the better kids in there to make them better overall well Thanks. dane we've uh we got the thumbs up from the judge after the show went off he texted me said that was a great show judge is usually every every night uh, he's a little bit under the weather but uh i'm certain he'll be back next week uh full strength and uh, you know one my big takeaway from tonight is is we're going to duke it out for the next three weeks, and then we're going to get down to the state finals. And it, all of us, all five of us, are just going to absolutely be rooting uh, every ounce of our body for those Fort Wayne guys to pull off the upset to prove that uh, nobody cares more about wrestling than right here in this little bit, this little corner of the state. And uh, I, I can't wait to see the guys like Hinton and Harris and Vizi. I can't wait till those guys come up on Friday afternoon because they're wrestling the 52s to the heavies at the beginning of the of the day. But I, I, I just want the rest of the state to see how much work those guys have put in. I think you put your schedule out there and let us know what night it is that we're going to have our pre-state final show and make these guys come back and let's see how we're lining up into that so I have, segue. I have put out another feeler out to the IHSAA. We're still hoping that we are going to do a mid-session show between heavyweight and 106. Like we did last year. On Friday, but not in my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> instead, on the, There was nothing wrong with your hotel room. <laughs> instead, on the balcony at uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse, as we've got to get used to calling it now. But, you know, it, before we know it, we're all going to be there. And you know, you guys all know, that is the weekend. It is. Screw Christmas. Easter, 4th of July. <laughs> Valentine's Day was the week before. All of it. <laughs> there is nothing like going down to get breakfast in your hotel and you see the head coach at Chesterton and the head coach at Modern Day. Or you go to Hooters and grab uh, uh, some wings and some fries and you see three state champs sitting over in a corner at a table and you talk about, who do you guys think is going to win 160? And then... 11, 12,000 people being there that night on Saturday night. 
and watching an absolute thriller of a match. Who knows which match it's going to be this year. I mean, Jesse Mendez is going to be a, a, a four-time state champ this year. Everybody's going to be on their feet cheering him. Uh, you cheer the upsets, you cheer the favorites. You respect those guys, the Seltzers, all of those guys. I, I can't wait. It's a, it's a four-week journey, but it's so much fun. And, and the Indiana or the Fort Wayne guys want to make sure that the Fort Wayne guys are not the champions that get beat on Friday night. And, and it's happened to us before. Those times we've lost three in one night. But I tell you what, the level of wrestling at Fort Wayne Semi-State has gained respect. I mean, they're not the dogs like we used to be back in the day, and we knew it. We didn't compete with those guys that had the big powerhouse teams they built up down in Indianapolis area. We just could not compete with that, but I think we've come up that level. We're good. So, once again, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors for allowing us to talk wrestling on radio. like thank Steve Rouse for running board for us, and thank Dave Nathan who uh, gets this podcast uh, wrapped up and up. So that uh, Indian Matt can put it out and it goes out on the WZBD podcast page. So once again, tune in next Sunday night for another episode of Haggard Stephen Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly.